give. And while you're turning there, uh, Friday night power supply, uh, the church will be open for prayer uh, on Saturday night. And uh, then Sunday morning, our usual uh, services, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And uh, <clears throat> I do have a little uh, deal, Brother Henderson over in Ott. Uh, is wanting his church to have revival. And uh, so he he got him a cheap evangelist, and uh, that cheap evangelist is me. And, uh, and so I'm going to go over there on Friday night and be back over there again on Saturday night and uh, just pray for the church in Op, uh that the Lord can, can touch and work over there. And... Um, and so pray for the church in Op. Pray for the church in Andalusia. Uh, Brother Watson is, is facing some challenges there in Andalusia. And uh, really the Lord was really working very powerfully and moving forward. And they've had a few little hiccups here and there. But let's pray for the church in Andalusia. Also for the church in Geneva. Uh, the Watkins, the Lord is working over there. And uh, Brother Watkins, is he's got enough energy for me, for himself, for me, and for Brother Patterson. And um, he went and put a humongous billboard up in the city. They've remodeled and done some pretty significant work over there to the church there in uh, Geneva. So do pray uh, that the Lord can, can work and minister there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, <clears throat> let's start in verse 1. The Bible says there, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but... By the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For the one is given. By the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another, faith, by the same Spirit, to another, the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, divers kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues, but all these worketh that one and self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. And, uh, and it's good to have my mother here tonight. She, uh, <clears throat> they, uh, my mother's got a new battery. She, she may outrun all the rest of us for the next 20 years, but anyways, um, so it's, it's good for her to be here tonight. Uh, I have covered, I've talked to you about the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and uh, I'm going to, uh, we did mention last week, uh, kind of there at the conclusion, uh, that sometimes whenever we feel 
uh, I guess the emphasis of the gifts of the Spirit are questioning whether or not that, that the Lord is really talking to us. Uh, that has not been just in the 21st century. It's in the 1st century as well. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 9, uh, beginning in verse 10, it says, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how great things he must suffer uh, for my name's sake. Now I'm going to just kind of briefly uh, work uh, here with this before we get into the discerning of spirits. Uh, but Ananias greatly used of the Lord. His obedience to the Lord very much changed the scope and the direction of the early church. And yet there was a hesitation that was on his part. But look there at what Luke writes. And he, he tells us a certain disciple, verse 10, chapter 9, verse 10, a certain disciple, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. I, I want to emphasize the fact that this can happen even today. The Lord can still speak to us in this way and in this manner, except I'm afraid that sometimes that our lives get very cluttered up with a lot of distractions and a lot of things that somehow impede the voice of the Spirit to work in our lives. And uh, it's important for us to analyze and look at our lives and make sure that there is a spiritual focus and that there is a single-eyed understanding to say, this is the direction that the Lord wants me to go in and I'm going to do everything I can to move forward according to what He has uh, to say. And again, I, I want to, and I've re, I think I've said this at every... Uh, part The Lord uh, will not work with those that are not converted, that are prayerless. He's not going to work with us if we're prayerless. He's not going to work with us if we are not in the Word of God. He is not going to work with us if we have no hunger for the Word, no real desire for spiritual growth. And if we're constantly at odds with the call, the upward call of holiness and the upward call of separation from the world, 
you can just go ahead and just understand that if we are in that category, the Spirit of the Lord is not going to work in our lives. I have, um, I'm working on a series for later on in the summer from the book of Jude. And um, so I've just kind of picked up, there's a pastor in Pittsburgh with Tony Mancino. Remember that name, and if it just kind of periodically pops up, pray for Brother Mancino. Brother Mancino has been an incredible blessing to me personally over about the last four years. He sent me probably 500 books. Some of those authors, I had no idea they even existed. But he sent me a book called From Calvary to Pentecost. We're going to stock it in our bookstore uh, as soon as we can get that opened up and going. And, um, and, and I was reading it. It traces the Pentecostal movement. He starts back uh, really from the early church and kind of starts tracking through uh, that. And he picks up with the Reformers. He moves into the holiness movement, moves into the Methodist church. Adam Clark, John Wesley, uh, another man by the name of John Wesley Fletcher. Those men were very mindful of holiness, sanctification, and the Spirit of the Lord worked in those men's lives. And then, of course, leading up to the early 1900s, William Seymour, uh, Charles Parham, uh, Ian Bell, Howard Goss, G.T. Haywood. And uh, I have spent uh, uh, a fair amount of time here in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, just looking at, at what the accounts of the lives of those people were. There's a reason that there was a revival on Azusa Street. There's a reason that there was an outpouring of the Spirit in Topeka, Kansas at Stone's Folly. There was a reason that there was an outpouring of the Spirit at Cane Ridge, at the Cane Ridge camp meeting in uh, Kentucky with Peter Cartwright and those people is because they desired and they pursued after and were very hungry uh, for the Lord. So I do believe that if we have a consecration to the Lord, that the Lord can use us in these areas. Now just real quickly, uh, some, some things about the word of knowledge. Uh, John chapter 4 and verses 15 through 19. I'm just going to just kind of view uh, that story there uh, where the, the Lord talks to this woman uh, at the well, John chapter 4, verse 14. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that, in that saidst thou truly. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and ye say, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour uh, cometh, and I, that when he addresses her as woman, that, that's not a derogatory statement. It's almost like he's saying miss or miseries. 
And he's addressing her. He said, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship not, or ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called the Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I am, or I that speak unto thee am he. Now the point that I'm getting to is where that he tells her about her personal history. He just tells her. You've had five husbands and the fellow you're with now, he's not yours. That's a word of knowledge. Uh, Acts chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. I won't read that, uh, but the Bible says, Filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit uh, proceeded to disclose the secret of the malicious intent of Elymas and, and those apostles. They sensed out and they were able to understand what Elymas uh, was all about. And then in Acts chapter 14, verses 8, through 10, Paul could see or perceive the need that was there. In Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 16 through 18, it's a little girl that was possessed by a spirit of divination. And the Bible tells us that Paul, quote, unquote, knew the spirit that was there that he was dealing with. In Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 22 through 23, preparation for the future. Uh, that was taking place, Acts chapter 21, uh, verses 10 and 11. Again, a preparation for suffering. The word of knowledge came to them and began to guide and direct them that there were things that were taking place. Now, I have uh, uh, I've been reading quite a few books on the gifts of the Spirit here in the last uh, several weeks and uh, Brother Bernard's book on the gifts of the Spirit, Brother Shalm's book on the gifts of the Spirit, another textbook we used in uh, when I was in Bible college, Harold Horton, the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, then the classes, Brother Keating's notes that we had there. All of these men, whether they were writing or whether they were teaching these classes, would tell stories uh, that were that were aware that the Lord was was working in those, and so I I could tell some of those stories, but I've got some that I feel like that if you knew that they happened here, it would it would let you just realize that the Spirit of the Lord uh, works in this way. One, one way, a word of knowledge came through to this church a number of years ago. Uh, was Brother Perry Pace. Brother Pace, when I was a kid, was a Sunday school director. And uh, whenever I was going off to camps, Brother Pace was kind of the, uh, he, was the he was a man in charge. Of course, he had a pretty good-sized staff that was working uh, with him. But Brother Pace is probably Brother Patterson's age. Well, whenever we were in uh, the student building a number of years ago, he called Brother Patterson on a Saturday afternoon and uh, he told Brother Patterson, he said, I'm preaching at such and so place on Sunday morning. And he said, I, I, he said, the Lord has given me a word for your church. 
And uh, so Brother Patterson told me, I think I was preaching that Sunday night, so Brother Patterson told him, so I'll tell you what, so Brother Harrelson is supposed, is supposed to preach Sunday night, but I'll tell you what, you come on and uh, you preach. And so, and then Brother Patterson told me, and this kind of goes on behind the scenes, Brother Patterson told me, he said, Brother Pace has called me, Brother Perry Pace has called and said he has a word for our church. And so he said, I told him to come on and we're going to let him preach and we're going to see if he's got a word for our church. And uh, so lo and behold, Brother Pace got up and started in on Sunday night. And I mean, it didn't take him 10 minutes before he had waded off. And I'm just going to tell you, me and Brother Patterson was sitting up there on the platform in those maroon chairs and it was very, very obvious that the Lord had given direction to Brother Pace and neither I nor Brother Patterson had said a word to him. I believe that we need that kind of ministry to take place in our church. Uh, another time, this was our, at our 40th anniversary, uh, Brother Haney came and preached. He was our general superintendent at the time. Brother Haney's passed on now. And uh, it was a huge honor for us to be able to get Brother Haney to come and preach our 40th anniversary. So that would have been 16, 17 years ago now. And, um, and so we were all in a flurry painting, fixing, doing stuff. And, and uh, I told my mom and dad, <clears throat> so I'm going to bring Brother Haney out there and we're going to let, let y'all experiment and, and cook and all that stuff. So we're going to bring him out there. If you've never ate at my mom and dad's house, it's a, it's, it's, it, you can hurt yourself. And uh, so, so anyways, and so they started, well, we can't, we can't let Brother Haney. I said, oh, yeah, we're going we gonna to bring Brother Haney. And uh, so we had Brother Haney to eat, and he sent us a letter back, and it was, it was pretty incredible just in that. But, but anyways, I got Brother Haney that Sunday morning. He preached a Saturday night and was supposed to preach Sunday morning and Sunday night, but something happened, and he had to leave and go and was not able to preach on that Sunday night. So uh, he preached Friday, Saturday night, and then he preached Sunday morning. And uh, so we got in the car, and he had already heard about our property on 231 South, which is where we thought we were going to uh, build a church. And uh, so he got in the car with me, and I was going out to my mom and dad's, and, and uh, he said, why don't you drive me by this property that y'all are going to uh, build in? And, uh, and so we started down the road, and I drove him by the property, and we got almost to the Flying J, and Brother Haney started talking. He said, Brother Harrelson, uh, and he preached a sermon that morning called Not Discerning the Lord's Body. I don't know if you remember what he preached. Uh, but we started down the road, and we got almost to the Flying J, and uh, he said, Brother Harrelson, he said, I want to tell you this. He said, there's a gentleman... Uh, in the church there, pointed him out, told me where he sat, and he said, this man has been giving you and Brother Patterson trouble now for a number of years. And uh, I was like dumbfounded because I don't talk to our general superintendent. In fact, I never talk to our general superintendent. And uh, I mean, you just don't have access to him. And we started down... 231 and he just started just talking and it was like everything he laid out and said a word of knowledge and then he basically gave me some advice 
uh, as to how to uh, take care of that situation. I'm just going to tell you we need that kind of ministry in this church right now in April of 2023. Okay? We need that here. And a few other times uh, that the Lord had another guy, and I guess Brother Patterson calls them hobo preachers, had this guy drop in, and uh, he, I was upstairs in the student, in the fellowship hall where I was on that Sunday morning. So Brother Patterson come up there. He said, we got, a, we got a prophet that just blew in here, says he's a prophet, and says he's got a word for us for this morning. And so I went down and uh, met the guy, and, uh, and I, he told me what his name was. And, um, and so again, the Lord didn't speak anything to me. I just went upstairs and I Googled this guy's name. And when I Googled it, I found out that six weeks prior, he had been let go for domestic abuse. He was from Ohio. And uh, so I <laughs> went and told Brother Patterson what all I'd found. And it was not, I don't know, maybe the Lord told me to, to Google his name. But anyways, I said, I, I don't think this guy's got a word for us. And, uh, and so I do believe the Lord worked in that way to kind of help us to, to see that this guy was a fraud. He was a fake. And uh, then there was another fellow that came in. Uh, this has been more recent. And uh, he come in and he started talking about, you know, who, what church he'd come from, et cetera, and so forth and, and all this. And I don't know why I feel like I look back in retrospect now and realized that the Lord prompted me to ask this man this question. But he had, there was a woman there with him. And uh, so he had already filled out a visitor's card, and he had filled the visitor's card out, and they were in the same residence, the same place. And so I looked at his name, and I didn't really, you know, whatever, notice her name so much. But, but anyways, he was telling me about where he was from, and, and the Lord had sent him here, and he was in the prophetic ministry, and he was going to be able to help us, and so on and so forth. And I was just prompted, and I just said, is your wife, I assume is your wife here. And I never say that. I don't ever. Somebody come to church, and you sit next to them, I just assume that that's your wife. And uh, he said, oh, oh, no, this is my fiancé. And so then the visitor card came out, and they're living at the same address, and so I don't think this guy's a prophet either. And so I believe that the impulse of the Spirit works in that way and in that manner. And sometimes we want to put, as Brother Enzi used to tell us in Bible college, he said, we think that the gifts of the Spirit operate in these, these cloud, big clouds of supernatural glory and power and so forth. There are times that the Lord bumps you and tells you things and there's not a thousand angels singing the hallelujah chorus. The Lord just nudges you and lets you know. And I just want to tell you this. If you're fasting and you're praying and you're worshiping and you're in this word, if the Lord impresses something on your heart, don't argue with God. Amen. Don't. Amen. Take that for what it is. And I will just say this, and some of you here in the last several months, the Lord is speaking to you in dreams 
Uh, some of them, I don't know what the meaning is. We'll hang on to them and we will wait and see how they unfold. Other times, you have come up to me and you have said, the Lord showed me this and that and such and so, and I can't tell you exact details, but I'm just telling you now that the Lord is speaking to you in that manner and the Lord is using a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. We've got to have that in this church. Amen. We've got to. And that means that we've got to push away sin. You've got to take Romans 6 very seriously. Mortify your flesh. Mortify the impulses and the thoughts and the things. Get them away from you because they are not helpful and conducive for uh, that. So now let's move to the discerning of spirits in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. This is the only reference that we find uh, in the New Testament of this spiritual gift. It's just listed here uh, one time, although there are other places where that we can see that the discerning uh, of spirits is, is very important. In fact, I have said this. I've said this to this church before. I've said this whenever I have been in licensed seminars, various other uh, places where I'm asked at times to address ministers. To me, the most important gift of the Spirit is the discerning of spirits. It's being able to discern. And Brother Patterson has said before in the past, he's got a good gift of suspicion. And and I, I think sometimes that, uh, that it's not so much a gift of suspicion. The Lord is working in that way to give you insight and to help you to understand. So the Bible tells us there, it says, verse 10, to another discerning of spirits. Now, to discern is to determine, to recognize, to perceive, to discover, to find, to detect, or I like this word, to distinguish, to be able to tell, okay? And Wayne Grudem in his very good systematic theology book uh, defines it like this. He said that it is discerning or distinguishing between spirits that is a special ability to recognize the influence of the Holy Spirit or of demonic spirits in a person or I would also add to be able to recognize the matter of somebody's flesh. And so whenever we start looking at the discerning of spirits, you can discern demonic or evil spirits. You can discern the Holy Spirit. You can discern angels. Or you can discern a fleshly human spirit. We'll get into some of those as, as we move, for, move forward. Turn over with me uh, to Hebrews chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14. Uh, the Bible says, we'll read through 
And we'll start in, in verse 14. Here's what uh, he says. I'll tell you what, let's start in verse 12. Uh, this is an indictment. There are some warnings that are in the book of Hebrews. In fact, uh, there's variety. I think there's like five warning passages that you find uh, in the book of Hebrews. And again, don't try to undo those warnings. There are some modern theologians that want to come along and say, well, that, it, don't, it doesn't really mean what it's saying. Take the Bible and read it at face value and let the Bible say what it's going to say. But look in verse 12 there. It said, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, but not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And look at verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. And uh, verse 2 of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Those two verses right there, he's saying that these are foundational principles. He's not minimizing them. He's saying that these are basic principles. It's milk. But look at verse 14. He says, strong meat belongs to them that are of a full age. I mentioned this whenever I was preaching the other night, the communion message, a couple of steakhouses, Malone's, in Lexington, Kentucky, Malone's in Louisville, Kentucky, and then, uh, and and I've been there, and and I have not paid for those. Although I do think if I'm ever through there and I'm by myself, or Teresa's with me, I'm going in there and I'm gonna pay. And you're gonna have to take out a small loan to finance, be able to eat there. Okay, but I'm just telling you now. It is the most incredible steak I've ever ate in my life. Uh, I've been to Los Angeles a couple of times, and I had somebody take me to a Ruth, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. It was very similar, and they bring the steak to you. It's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the plate is hot. It's still sizzling on that on that plate, and it is an awesome piece of steak. All right, I couldn't imagine trading off a steak like that for a little bottle of baby food like my grandchildren used to eat. Okay, I, I'm like, you got to be crazy if you think I want to eat that instead of this steak. And uh, and that's what you see here. He says, but strong meat belongs to them that are full of full age. And there's, here's what else he says. Even those who by reason of use, they use these things that the Lord has given to them. They have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. There's, there's a key principle in that, okay? 
they exercise. They get to a place where that they're able to discern good and evil. They're able to pick up on that. And, and you probably work with people. I know whenever I was still uh, working at, at the hospital, there were people that you would be around and you were like, I, I don't like to be around those people. Because you picked up on something. There was something that was there that you understood that by, again, immersing your mind in the Word of God, praying fasting, worshiping, giving yourself to this thing that we call our relationship with the Lord. What were we doing? We were exercising or we were using our senses by the use, have their senses exercised, both good and evil. And, and again, that can be a challenge for those that are hesitant to move into an area that the Lord is leading them into. And, and again, if, if there are people that are constantly falling into the same trap that the devil has set for them for the last 25, last 30, last 40 years, if they're falling into that same trap, what does that speak of? It speaks of spiritual immaturity. And so the writer of Hebrews is telling us that if you're going to have discernment that's going to be operating in your life, you're going to have to press forward and you're going to have to move into the area where that you're able to pick up on and sense things out. Okay? Now, concerning this matter of spiritual warfare, the gift of the Spirit, or this gift of the Spirit, discerning uh, of spirits, uh, was much more evident in the New Testament era. Why? Is because of the infilling of the Spirit. So that when the Spirit came into our lives, it basically, I, I don't want to say this in a, a you know, a, a trite manner, but it's basically like you, it gives you x-ray vision. It helps you to see, to be able to determine to be able to sense things. And, uh, and, uh, and so, so again, because of that, once the Spirit was poured out on the New Testament church, the Spirit-filled believer had that Spirit that was resonant on the inside of them. Ephesians 5.18, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. And I want you to look with me to verse, verses 13 through 18. Acts chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Here's what the Bible said. Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams." 
and on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Okay, what was he talking about? These are people that have been filled with the spirit. All right, turn over uh, just a few pages and look with me to Acts chapter 11 and look in verse 24. Acts chapter 11 and verse 24. The Bible uh, says there, and this is uh, speaking to us uh, about Barnabas. Okay, verse 24, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. So the emphasis that I'm getting at there is the spirit was resonant inside of those people. Don't fall into the trap that the Lord mentioned in Matthew 25, the five wise and the five foolish, where he talked about that there were those that they did not refuel their, their lamps. And I believe I have scripture, uh, Titus chapter 3 and verse 5 speaks to us about the renewing of the spirit. And uh, so, uh, keep, keep that in mind. Now, a New Testament believer is filled with the Spirit and they have discernment and have the ability to distinguish between spirits, which will mean that they literally will be able to see with a supernatural power and that the Lord can show them and help them to see things. I uh, told a story, uh, I can't even remember, oh, I was talking to Brother Pierce Wednesday, Sunday night after church, and I told him a story about a gentleman that, that, that Brother Patterson and I got connected up with back in the early 90s, we was a truck driver, and uh, we went to his house, I don't remember now, somebody got in contact with Brother Patterson, wanted us to go see uh, him, if I was to call his name, some of you would know him. And so we went to see him, and he was a rough customer. He really was. And uh, he told us, he said, I, I'm driving a truck. He said, uh, I'm going to get into it with the Virginia State Police, and I'm going to go up there, and this is in the early 90s, okay? I'm going to go up there. They're going to pull me over because they're going to recognize my truck. And he said, I'm going to get into it with them. And he said, I'm just going, we're going to have a shootout and they're going to, they're going to shoot me and, and I'm going to be done with it. He said, but he told Brother Patterson, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you take care of my wife and my two sons. And he had two boys. And so we're, we're like, and I'm dumbfounded. I'm like, man, this guy is tough. And Brother Patterson's like, look, he said, you, you don't need to do that. And, uh, and I will say this, okay, after I had been around him for a little while it, as the story unfolded, I don't doubt for a second that that's what he was going to do. And so Brother Patterson started talking to him, and he said, please don't do that. I want you to come to church. And so he didn't come Sunday morning, and so we thought, well, we're, you know, we're batting, our batting average is not too well. But he came to church that Sunday night, and I will never forget. We got up, we started song service, and we started singing, and we were singing that song, Have a Little Talk with Jesus. My dad was leading Sunday night congregational singing. We, we hadn't even got hardly through halfway through the first verse, and this guy comes out right about there where Sister Owasso's at, comes out of that pew down to the front, 
And uh, man, he was tatted up, long hair, bearded up, rough customer. And I mean, he hit that altar. And we started praying for him. And within 25, 30 minutes, there were devils coming out in all directions. And if you've never been involved in that, I'm just telling you now, it's an unnerving experience at the same time whenever I'm dealing with that stuff. And I think most ministers would say this, you feel the power of God more than what you ever feel it. And, and so the Lord started, and while we were working and praying, the Lord was revealing things, and you get in his ear and, and tell him to pray for this thing, and I feel the spirit right now just, and we gotta have that. This can't be just a church where we come in and clock in and clock out. This place has gotta be a spirit-filled church. It can't have dead worship. It can't have dead prayers, it can't have dead singing, it can't have dead people. There are people that need deliverance and discerning of spirits can help us that whenever you're praying with people that the Lord can give you things that you can speak to those people. Brother Keith Clark uh, I've told multiple stories about Brother Clark that he would get into the altar and start talking to people and their first reaction is that you've been talking to him and we hadn't said a word. I don't talk to preachers whenever they come to preach. They don't know what's going on in this congregation. We just let them just get up and preach and whatever they go after, it's kind of like they're on a pond and they've got a boat motor and they hit a stump. They just hit the stump. They didn't know it was there. Okay. We need that kind of deliverance working in our church. People are so bound with spirits these days, but there is something about the liberty of the Holy Ghost that whenever you walk in this place and we begin to lift up the name of Jesus and we begin to just call on his name and magnify him and exalt him. There's something that takes place in a spirit world that we cannot see. We've got to have that in this church. And so, so the Lord helps us with that because the spirit's invested inside of us. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I don't have time, state 20. Uh, you, I'll email these notes to y'all. i I'm riding herd on a two-year-old for the last little bit, and so my studying has been handwritten, jotted down, and I'm just telling you, you there's no way you can read my handwriting. So I don't say that, Brother Williams. Uh, so I, somebody need help, Brother Williams, to say amen in the right places. I love you, Brother Williams. All right, but you can't read my handwriting, but I'm on, I'll, I'll send, these, send these notes to you, okay? But Ephesians 6, 12, Job 2 and 2, Luke 22, 53, John 12, 31, John 14, 30, Acts 26, 18, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Colossians 3 and 13 speaks to that matter of these dark spirits that's taking place, Okay? And, and the Lord can help us to discern and to see those things. Now, the, the gift of that helps us to detect the presence of evil spirits. And it also helps us to detect the work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. 
that's working in people's lives. Now, I want to point out a couple of scriptures to you. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse 2. Here's what Paul writes. We've already read that, but I'll read it again. It says, Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as ye were led. Amplified says, says it like this. You were led off after idols that could not speak habitually as impulse directed. First Corinthians chapter in the Christian standard or the HCSB, mute idols, the ESV, mute idols, the New American Standard, mute idols, uh, the New Living Translation says speechless idols. Okay? Key word that I'm pointing to you there is idols. Plural. Okay? I want to tag in 1 John 4 and 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Plural. Amplified, prove or test the spirits. Christian Standard Bible, test the spirits. The ESV, test the spirits. New American Standard, test the the spirits. Now, why are you why are you emphasizing? You say, why are you emphasizing the spirits? Is because whenever you're dealing with the spirit world, there are a variety of different spirits. There can be a spirit of infirmity, Luke 13 and 11. There can be a spirit of sub- subtlety and and mischief or deceit and fraud. That's Acts 13, 9 through 11. A spirit of divination, Acts 16, 16. A dumb and deaf spirit, Mark 9, 25 and verse 29. A spirit of error, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 6. So whenever you're dealing with demonic spirits, spirits, okay, can manifest themselves in various ways. That's why we look to our, this is our playbook. Okay, this is your manual. Amen. Not, not somebody's opinion, not somebody. Now, I got books. I've got more books on spiritual warfare than any other subject in my entire library. Some of them are as goofy as the day is long, and some of them are so accurate that it's, and I have been helped by, by those books. But again, what I'm looking at is what does the Bible say? Amen. Okay. So there are a variety of spirits that the enemy uses. Now, in our day, unwittingly, people open up gateways or pathways that these spirits have access to them. Okay? And I believe that the number one access for our world is is Hollywood, is entertainment. That's where you open the gate up through various things. And Disney and Hulu and Amazon Prime because not most people have cut the cable as they call. Now most everything is being streamed. It's a streaming platform. And yet that stuff is coming at us 900 miles an hour. I'm just going to tell you it's difficult to trounce around in the swamp and then come out of the swamp in spotless white and think, man, Lord, I, I don't understand why you can't work in my life, okay? So, so we open up gates because we open our minds up to, to the lies of the enemy. 
All right? But sometimes it's very easy to discern the presence of those dark spirits because their actions are displayed. They speak out false doctrinal statements. 1 Corinthians 12, 2 and 3. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Or violent and bizarre physical activity, especially when preaching is taking place. People's response to preaching. Okay? You can tell a whole lot about where a person's at because of their response to preaching. Mark chapter 1, and this is where that Jesus was was dealing, I won't read those, but Mark 1, 24, Mark chapter 9, verse 20, Mark chapter 8, verse 29, Luke chapter 8, verse 28, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 37, and then in Acts chapter 7, when, when Stephen was preaching, the Bible said they were so angry, they were gnashing their teeth, grinding their teeth, Okay? So, so those things take place when you sense these dark spirits. All right? I'm going to barter for a little overtime, okay? It's 827, but I feel the inspiration and none of y'all are falling over, so I'm going to take us a little bit of extra time. Um, all right? So, so here's the, what's the role of the devil? John 10, 10. The thief cometh not to but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his job. So what happens is, is he tries to get into people and then he wants the overflow of their life to affect others that they associate with. That's why sometimes if you see a, a, a husband or a father that, that is going in the wrong direction, it can create chaos in his family. And I would even say grandfathers create chaos in their sons and daughters and in their grandsons and granddaughters. Why is it? It's because there's a spirit that's affecting. That's why men, we got to be spiritual leaders uh, in our homes. And, and so, so again, and I'm moving past quickly, okay? I asked, here's the deal. Missionaries are incredibly helpful to local churches. Because what happens is they're away from Western society and they come in and they can pick up on things because their minds have not been jaded with Western society. And I, I've asked a couple of missionaries that, that have come through here. Uh, one of them was Brother uh, Bangladesh, Brother James Corbin, and then Brother Richard Smoke, uh, Brother... Uh, Corbin, very deeply seated Muslim country, brother Smoke, Tanzania, a lot of witchcraft, voodoo, all that stuff. And, and I asked him, I said, why don't we see more manifestations like we used to see in the 70s and 80s? And he said, what ha what's happened is, is now these spirits are more subtle and they come in and they work under the cover because they don't want to be exposed in a church. And so what happens is, is these subtle spirits that they work, that they're able to infiltrate and move out, and they kind of work like leaven, and they will work in that way in a local congregation. And I'm just telling you now, so help me God. 
we need to do whatever we can do to fast and to pray to cut the head off of that snake if it's going to try to get invested in this church. I mean that. We need to walk in apostolic authority. You, you need to know you are a child of God and there is value that you have in your life. And know this, the devil comes to church. Okay, because in the, all through the Gospels, various places, you find Jesus dealing with demons that were in synagogues. If he did it in the first century, he'll do it in the 21st century. And there needs to be so much power in this place right here that I pray, Lord, turn the light on. Okay, turn, turn the light on. Help me to see. Help you saints to see. I could turn the cleaning lights on. We got a mode that was cleaning in here. You turn it up, it amps it up even brighter than what it is right now. It's very bright when you come in here and we do that for cleaning whenever we're in here vacuuming and doing all that we gets done, okay? Bright, bright intensity. That's why that the Spirit of the Lord needs to move and direct. And sometimes whenever we come in here and the Spirit is locked down, and it does happen. We, we need to rebel against that. You, you, ought, you ought to get up out of your seat. You ought to get your hands up. You ought to pray. You, you ought to do everything within your power to say, you know what, this is God's house. It, this, this place belongs to him. Okay, spend enough time now with that. Uh, we can discern, we can discern Dark spirits. The scary part, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this, but the human spirit, it's 831, I'll try to watch the clock. Um, Y'all okay? If you need to be dismissed, you, you, can, you can go. It won't hurt my feelings. I can talk for three hours. I teach a Purpose Institute class once a month. Okay? No, I can't do that tonight, Brother Tessa, but anyway, I can talk. I can do just like I'm doing right now, trust me. And because uh, I love, I believe this is truth. It's light. It helps me, okay? The human spirit can be picked up like this through stubbornness and through obstinance and through bitterness. It is difficult to pray somebody to spiritual victory if they're stubborn, obstinate, rebellious, or bitter. It's difficult, but you can pick up on it. You, you, can, you can sense it. You're like the Lord is showing me and helping me to be able to see these particular things that's taking place in, in a church, okay? Now, I could spend a lot of time on that, but I'll jump quickly to the next one. So if we can sense dark spirits, if we can discern those kinds of spirits, we can discern the Spirit of God. Oh, yes, we can. You can discern the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm just telling you now, the Spirit of the Lord is right here. And I know we got kids in quizzing and, and children's church and everybody's scattered around all over the building. But I'm just telling you now, right here in this, the Holy Ghost is here. Okay? The faucet is open and running right now. I feel, I can feel the liberty and the inspiration of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in this sanctuary. 
And so if there are dark spirits and human spirits that you can discern, you can also discern the Holy Spirit of God. I would also say this, and I've never seen an angel. It wasn't because I didn't try. Okay? Because I did. I remember back in the late 80s, everybody seeing angels but me. And so I remember down at 1921 Shamrock Road, I got my little old boom box and I got the Lanny Wolf Trio and I had a little cassette uh, deal and I got in there and man, I was praying. Teresa was at work that night and, and I was in there and I was praying and I had the lights turned. I don't know why you always turn the lights down low if you want to see Angel, but I was listening to Lanny Wolf Trio and was in there praying and God, let me see an angel. Please let me see an angel. And if I saw one, I probably would have had heart failure. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I've never seen one, but I'm just going to tell you this. Now, I can't tell you how many times that in that, in that old sanctuary and even here in this new building, and, and, and most of the time, here's what happens. It starts upstairs, and I get up there and get to praying and just, just pushing. God, you got to help me. You got you to touch me. You got to work and I've, you've got to help me. And here's what happens. I come down out of that deal and I hang around a little bit on the floor. And most of the time it's after everybody's gone and the lights are out and the doors are locked. And it has happened that you get down on that first floor and then the next thing I know, if, if people were to see me, they would think we need to take this guy to the BMU at the medical center, okay? But walking these halls, praying and calling on the name of the Lord and then get in here in this sanctuary. I'm just telling you now, listen to me, church. A, a pastor can set a spiritual atmosphere in a church. And if ever there needed to be a time that our pastors needed to be on Acts 6, 4, prayer and ministry of the word, it's now. It's right now. And there were times over in that old sanctuary, I'd, I'd come down from the top and start down that hall, generally on Saturday nights, late. And I'd walk in through those back doors, those wooden doors, and I'm telling you, the hair on my arms would stand up. And the hair on the back of my neck would stand up. And I'm like, oh, dear God, the presence of the Lord is here tonight. But it was more than just the presence of God. I believe that sanctuary was filled up with angels. And I thank the Lord that maybe he didn't let me see them because it would have scared me to death. But, but I'm just telling you now, that's the kind of church I want to pastor. I don't want to pastor a church that's top-heavy with programs. I don't want to pastor a church that's top-heavy with administration. I know what I want as a pastor. I want to walk in here and God deliver people. I want to walk in here and we're baptizing people. And I want to see people being delivered. That's the kind of church I want to pastor. I want to discern the spirit of God. And, and I don't want to fall into that trap that Brother Haney talked about, about not being able to discern the Lord's body. God, help me to discern your body. This is your church. This is your house. 
You've given us authority. All power and authority belongs to the Lord. But the Lord promised us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost, he said, there's going to be a power that's going to come on you from on high. And if it happened in the first century, I want it in the 21st century. I'm Church, I feel you with me here tonight. That's what we've got to have. We've got to have a move of the Spirit. We're at the last days. The world is going to try to shred my sweet little grandchildren and your little grandchildren as well. But listen to me. If you can get in a place like Ezekiel 22, and I know he's talking about the spiritual leadership, that he said, I look for a man to stand in the gap, but I couldn't find one. Listen to me, church. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God so pulse on the inside of you that you can stand in the gap, that you can pray for your children, that you can pray for your grandchildren, and that the Spirit of God can be so invested in us that we see our family saved. Let's stand and lift our hands to the Lord. Oh Lord, I'm thankful for your presence. I'm thankful, Lord, for your goodness. Oh, I pray, Lord, tonight, God, let every one of us, Jesus, walk, Lord, in these gifts. Lord, let the gifts of the Spirit be in operation in our lives. Help us, God, to have the wisdom of the Word. Help us, God, to have authority in our prayers. Oh, Jesus, you've secured victory. Lord, over the world, over our flesh, and over the devil. You came to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm praying, Lord, tonight that you empower. And Lord, help every single one of us to know, God, that we can step into people's lives and, and that, Lord, that we can speak in faith and we can speak in hope that there's deliverance and that there's power and that there's salvation, Lord, that can come in to their lives. I pray, Lord, tonight, fill this house up, God, with holiness. Fill this house, Lord, with the fear of the Lord because, Lord, if your house is full of holiness and your house is full of the fear of the Lord, then there are angels, Lord, that will be in this house. I pray, Lord, tonight, Lord, there are people here that are discouraged. Oh, I pray, God, you give them a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost here tonight. I pray, God, if there are people that are overwhelmed with stress, that, Lord, that you somehow, God, so empower them and help them to know that you're with them. You haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You told me and you told this church that you're going to be with us even to the end of the world. I pray, Lord, tonight, let that rest on this church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go in the name of the Lord.